Hey, good morning, everyone. Jump on on your feet. We're going to sing to the Lord this morning.
of the cross. Jesus is waiting. God so loved the world. Come on, praise Him this morning. Yeah.
your name because of the truth that we're singing because of the hope that we've been given in Jesus that we love you and we thank you it's because of your son that we can sing this together we love you and everyone said Oh, 
on, you sing it. Just your voices sing. our great God. What a great God we serve. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. You may be seated, please, this morning. As we continue today, we have the privilege to have baby dedication today. And so I want to invite Gar and Amber Baker and their family on up. And I'm just going to let you enjoy this moment. Look at this. This is a beautiful moment. This is all one family, folks. Come on over here, Gar. Love you. Gar is, uh, let's see, uh, Zach, could I have another mic here? If uh, somebody give me a mic. I'm going to let, Gar, I'm going to let you introduce, if I could have a mic here, I'm going to let you introduce all of your family because I know I'll mess it up, okay? So, Gar, this is Gar and Amber Baker, and today they've come to dedicate Evander Karsten, and uh, this is your newest, and his birthday was on, what date? 11 26 19? No, wrong one here. 6 yes. So that was just June. It was just in June. Just in June. So this was a perennial, okay? So uh, right in the middle of the pandemic, you're having your ninth baby, and we yep. thank God. Can we thank God for this this morning, what God has done, huh? So, Gar, if you'll introduce your family. Sure. Uh, so this is Tavori, and then this is Archer, and Kale, and Elijah, and Aspen, and my wife, Amber. And she's holding Uzziah and Cadwin and my oldest daughter, Grace. Can we thank God for that? Isn't that wonderful? I just love it. I love it, man. The, the Bakers have been just a wonderful part of our church for many years. Gar, I will go way back with Gar back whenever he was in high school. And, uh, and, and he has a few stories. So if you want to know anything that was like when my wet behind the ears days, he knows it all, okay? Because uh, these guys live to tell about it. There's a few others that are still around, too, that have lived to tell about it. And uh, look what God has done in your wonderful family. God has been so good to you guys. And so, Gar and Amber, we just are so thankful for you. And we're so thankful for Evander this morning and just thankful for what God is going to do here. So let's, uh, I just want to just share with you a, a verse of Scripture this morning. You know, when we come to dedicate our children, it's, a, it's what they did in the Bible, they would come on the eighth day, the scripture would say, and that they would present their children to the Lord. They would dedicate them unto the Lord. And so today you've come this morning and you have dedicated, you're dedicating your child, you're presenting them before our God and our Father and also before this congregation. And so I want to encourage you folks to put Gar and Amber into your prayer journal. We've been on a 21-day prayer, prayer journal so far. And uh, I want to encourage you to put them in there far beyond 21 days and pray for them as they raise this wonderful family to honor and love the Lord and pray for little Evander. Today we know that as we dedicate our children, we're presenting them to the Lord and saying, okay, God, we want the best in their life according to your plan. 
And so that's, uh, that, that is really a powerful statement. We say, okay, God, this is your child. And God has entrusted Gar and, uh, and his wife together. The two of you, Gar and Amber, God has trusted you to raise these children and, and do his work. You know, I was just thinking of the verse. And, and Proverbs says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full, right? And that, what that was was many arrows, right? Well, there's many arrows here. And God has given you this wonderful family. And so today, as we think of, of, of Evander, I want you to know that he is a gift from God to your family, as are all of your children. But today is Evander's day that we present him before the Lord. Psalm 139 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. And so the Lord just continues on. In verse 17, he says, How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And so we see here that, uh, that Evander is a gift from God. And today we're going to dedicate him. So, church, I'm going to ask you to, number one, pray for them on a regular basis. Ask God to, to be with Gar and Amber as they raise their children. Be with little Evander. One day we know that we're, we're praying that he will open his heart to Jesus whenever he begins to understand things. And, uh, and he's already, I think he's on the way here. See this? This guy is, uh, he's going to be my buddy, I can tell. But uh, as he learns the things of God and, uh, and pray for our children's ministry downstairs as they continue to, to just give this blessing every week of God's Word. So, Amber, why don't you come and stand next to God over here? I don't want you to get lost in the kids' shuffle over here, right? So, <laughs> but I'm just going to pray, and I'm going to ask you, church, if you'll join me in prayer. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for this wonderful family. Lord, we thank you for Evander today. Thank you for his just uh, this young life that you've given to, to him already, Lord. Thank you that you've kept him safe in the middle of this pandemic so far, that you've done so many great and mighty things. And so, God, I ask that you will uh, continue to put your hand upon his life, Lord. And uh, we, we just ask that one day this little baby, who is just such a precious little child, as he grows to be uh, a little bit more of a child and begins to understand that he will open his heart to Jesus Christ, He'll be a follower, a passionate disciple of Jesus, Lord. God, I pray for Gar and Amber, Lord. I just lift them up to you, Lord. This is a wonderful family, God. And I thank you for all that they are doing to raise this family for your honor and glory. So, God, I just lift this family up to you. I lift these parents, Lord. We dedicate them to you. They are doing an incredible job, Lord. You've blessed them. You've given them nine wonderful children. And today, Lord, we dedicate Evander to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. All right? God is good. Let's give them a hand, man. We want to thank God for your family. God is good. God is good. All right. Man, I love this. Isn't that wonderful? I just, uh, I'm so happy for you guys. When I saw them all come in, I said, okay, Sunday school can start now. This is awesome. I just love it. So uh, we thank God. Let's give them another hand as they get situated there. And so today we, uh, we are thankful for our church, aren't you? God's just been so good to our church family, and we just watch what he's doing in, in his work and his might. And I want to encourage you uh, as we go along the way, let's uh, continue to be faithful. 
We, uh, just a few announcements here. Coming up on January 31st, that's just two weeks away, we'll have our Next Steps uh, class. And we're looking forward to that. That's a, a day after church. We have lunch. And if you're relatively new to the church or you've been here for a long time, it's a great class to check out. And I just meet with everybody. We have a lunch, and I kind of just walk through the church. And I let you know this is our, our history, our vision, our values, where we're going, and how that you can get involved. And so a membership is really about your commitment and helping you to make that commitment to be a member. And membership, you know, I always tell people you need a place to belong. The body of Christ is, is massive, but you need a place to belong. And so this is our place where we belong, and we work together, and we, and we, and we move forward advancing the kingdom of God, what he's doing in the church here. And in our community. So I, I want to encourage you, if that would be you, please go to the, uh, you can go to the church website and sign up under Next Steps, where you can stop by the Welcome Center and you can sign up there. We just ask that you reserve, please, so that we can uh, make sure we have enough lunch and child care and things like that that will, that will be necessary for your family. And then uh, we, we're just so thankful we had this wonderful time today here. We had a baby dedication last night. We have another one coming up in the next service. And God is just doing great things. I hope that you're enjoying the 21 days of prayer. Hasn't it been awesome so far? God is just moving. If you haven't signed up yet for our text, I want to encourage you. Send, uh, send to this number, 9400, the text, this number, send, to, send this word, CR 21 days. CR 21 days, no gaps. And, uh, and you will get on to our daily text. And what we're doing is we've been sending out a daily text every day of the 21 days. And just has a verse of scripture and a nice little encouragement. And we are encouraging our family to meet with God for 21 minutes a day. Uh, in the foyer, you'll notice there are, are the books that you can follow along with. And several people have been bringing them in. They're encouraging me by showing them to me. They're saying, look, God's working in my life. And so we're going to talk more about that today in just a few moments. But I want to encourage you to, uh, to do that. And then also I want to share with you about our birthday gift to Jesus. You know, we set our goal, $90,000. We asked you to give more to Jesus than to anybody else on your birthday gift, on your Christmas list, and you did. You gave more to Jesus than anybody else. 142,000 has come in. Isn't that awesome? One, four, two, one, two, three. Let's thank God. Last night at our Saturday service, several people were asking, "Can I still contribute?" Yes, you can still give to that. Go to our website. You can give uh, give at the boxes on the wall in the back of the auditorium or the foyer. You can give online or you can give through the mail and just designate a birthday gift to Jesus. And it, it will go right here to, to this fund. So we are, we are thanking God because everything that comes in goes directly out. All that 142. It, it, we set the goal at 90. So now all those missionaries, are gonna, we're going to be able to give more to each one of them. And we're going to send that out. And especially the ones overseas, we're going to really help them and encourage them. So God is just so good. Isn't that a miracle, folks? It is absolutely wonderful what God can do. In the middle of a pandemic, that God would do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. Let's praise his name today. God is so good. He's so worthy to be praised. And now I'd like to just pause for a moment of prayer and let's just thank God. I want to thank you, church, for your faithfulness. If you're watching online or you're here in the building, we want to just thank you for your faithfulness. Faithfulness in, uh, in, in connecting, faithfulness in growing, and faithfulness in your giving. God is using you to do great and mighty things. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you. God, you've been so good to us. You do exceedingly abundantly above what we could ask or think. And, Lord, we submit to your will. We submit to your plan today. 
And so, God, as we come and we gather together and we just, this is our rally point where we, where we rally around you, that you are the great God of the universe, that you are worthy to be praised. Lord God Almighty, I pray that you'll be, be exalted as we continue our service, as we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, I thank you for the, the, this birthday gift of Jesus. And, Lord, as uh, we continue to give there um, and we'll continue to bless these folks around the world, Lord, we just ask that you'll be honored, you'll be adored as, uh, as, as your people respond to the promptings that you have given them. Lord, um, we thank you for our faithful giving, uh, faithful giving, our faithfulness in growing, and our faithfulness in connecting, Lord. We ask that you will continue the work that you have started in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. day journey. I just want to encourage you, if you haven't taken one of these, they're in the foyer, grab one of them. And, uh, and if you haven't started, start, start tomorrow. There's no better time to start than now. It's not like, hey, I missed something. Uh, you can meet with God 21 days. Start and make that a habit. You know, as they start the new year, everybody says 21 days makes a new habit, right? 21 days. And, and you, you, know, you go down, you drive by the health clubs, even though they were closed for so long, they're packed out. Have you noticed that? That's why I just keep driving by. I don't want to spread anything, right? So um, <clears throat> 21 days, we'll start a new habit. But if you'll notice what happens is about March the 1st, they're not as packed out. And uh, it's because people start something and then they, they don't really continue it. And so I want to encourage you with this, that this is a starter, but we're going to continue. And I want to show you how you can meet with God every day. And I'll tell you what, once you learn how to meet with God every day, you, you can't get enough of it. You'll just keep coming back for more and more and more. And you will just say, okay, Lord, um, I'm so glad that I started that 21 days. Somebody shared with me that they, they've been getting on the text, and one of our members sent me a text and said, hey, this 21 days is, is, is changing my life. I'm meeting with God every day, and it's changing my life. I'm being transformed. And so uh, this particular individual takes the verse that we send, and, and he opens it up, and he reads it, and he really gets into it, and then he makes a prayer, and he prays based off of that verse. And I want to encourage you to do that. Pray God's Word because uh, God's Word is the truth. God's Word is He loves to hear His Word, and He's going to guide us. And so as you meet with God, I want to encourage you, uh, to continue to meet with him because you know we we have taken prayer and people have so many misconceptions about prayer we say you know prayer 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 um you know prayer is talking with god but i don't want you to take that lightly the god of the universe is wanting to have a relationship with you and he's your father he's your daddy and he says i want you to have this friendship with me and this is how i'm going to give you this friendship is through prayer 
We have his word. He speaks to us through his word. So you can find all truth in his word. And then as you respond to him in prayer, you grow this relationship. And I want to even encourage you to take some time in silence before the Lord. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still, be silent, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Like, I, I want to encourage you to just, just take it in. Sometimes just sit there and pray, and then pause and say, Okay, God, speak to me. And, you know, when I do that, I'm not looking for God to speak audibly. I'm not looking to hear any voices or anything like that. What, what I'm looking for him to do is to just minister to my heart. And he calms my spirit and he calms my soul. And it is life transformational. Prayer, I was reading this week and I found a few definitions of prayer. And I thought this one in particular was really encouraging to me. It said that prayer is God saturating our minds, our thoughts, with his influence. Now I want you to catch it because God is saturating our minds. When you come to God, listen, you come to God with the problems that you have. You come to him with the the heartaches, the burdens. Um, but we also come to him understanding that he is God, that he is the, the ruler of the universe. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that nothing has escaped his power and his might. And so when you come there, your mind becomes saturated with who he is. And I want to encourage you because here's what happens. Whenever I face a problem, I typically become saturated with the problem. And God says, come to me with your problems and through prayer become saturated with God. And so as God, as that influence comes on you, um, it, will, it will change your life. It really does. Prayer will help you with your emotions. It will control your emotions and it will let his truth come down. Uh, it will let his truth bring down the negative forces of the darkness that are speaking lies to our minds. Listen, when we, when we come, you, know, you, have a, you have an issue and you come before the Lord, there's a lot of negative things that we have to deal with, are there not? Like there's just so many things and so, so much negativity. And so the enemy is coming at us constantly. And so the, the enemy is speaking lies to our minds, trying to corrupt our thoughts. And when you come to God in prayer, what he does is he saturates that. And now he can help you with your emotions. Wow. Like, like, do you ever get disheveled? Did you, did you ever get, like, anxiety? Uh, all of the above. Listen, when we go to God, now I can say, okay, God, I have this anxiety, but you are God. And you alone can change my soul. You alone can comfort it. And I'm not going to go to any other place to find that comfort. I'm going to come to you, Lord. And so, God, I need you to transform me from the inside out. And as you begin there, and and listen, when you come and you realize that the King of Kings is on his throne and he has allowed you. Hebrews Hebrews, uh, is a powerful passage where it says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need. In our time of trouble. Wow, folks, we have times of trouble. Right now, our world is in a time of trouble, is it not? The world is in a, in a moment of trouble, and God says, listen, don't go to anything else but to me. I will give you that peace. And I want to encourage you, and that's how we get it, is through prayer. When we come to God and we talk to him in prayer. Prayer is further, it's not a natural activity. It's not something that comes natural. You know, if... Um, if you ask me to come over and help you with something at your house, I can do that, right? Or at least I can watch you do it, right? So, I mean, that's a natural activity. You know, I might not be the best helper, but I can hold the flashlight. So I will be there for you. 
Um, that, that is something that, like in our world. We can do that. But prayer is, is something that the world in general knows little of. And as we go down this journey, uh, I want to encourage you to understand that you have power in your prayer. That's why the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. There's something different when you pray. I want you to tell us how to pray. That is why, as we've been going along this 21-day journey, I, want, I wanted you to encourage you to write them down. Uh, write your prayers down. And I've been having fun just writing them down myself. And, you know, I put that 21-minute timer on, and, and I've asked you to do that, so I'm doing it. And, and listen, 21 minutes goes by like that, doesn't it? Like 21 minutes. You can waste 21 minutes thinking about what you're going to get for lunch, right? Like it just, you can waste 20 minutes so fast. When you meet with 21 minutes with God, you're investing your life. You're investing your heart, your soul, and your mind. And God brings health to all of those areas. And so I want to encourage you today to, uh, to set that goal. Uh, I have uh, a few people that have told me, hey, I set that 21 minutes. And one person even told me they were writing their prayer and the alarm went off. And they said, you can tell where they're at when that 21 minutes goes off because they jump and the ink flies off their paper, you know. But uh, it, it's just wonderful. And when I hear that people are meeting with God, I, I say, well, this is what God's called us to do. Um, prayer is strengthening our connection to the unseen home that we have in heaven with our Father. Check that out. We, we are citizens of another land. We will be one day eternal in heaven. And prayer is strengthening that connection with the Father in heaven. And that really helps me. I have, uh, I've really come to understand that, listen, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Um, listen, that, I remember singing that song as a kid. It's so powerful because l- this world is not my home. This is just a, 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 a place that we are going to be here for. If we're here for 90 to 100 years, it's incredible. But we are, my home is eternally with God. And thanks be to God for the living hope that we have. I love that song, don't you? Living hope. I have hope for today. Not that my circumstances will change necessarily, but that I will be with him face to face. And what is even more powerful is that God has promised to be with you today. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you. So as we look at talking about power and prayer, um, you know, prayer is God's way of saying that I am yours, you are mine. Come and talk with me. And as we understand this relationship, there's, there's tremendous power in prayer. So I, I thought I'd take a look at somebody in the Bible who had a tremendous, pow, uh, tremendous power in prayer. And that was a man named Elijah. Elijah lived in the worst of times. Um, Elijah needed not just a simple answer to prayer. He needed a downright miracle. And the the world was going upside down. Uh, The scriptures tell us that that he was living during the time of King Ahab. And so King Ahab, uh, it said that in in 1 Kings 16.30, says that King Ahab, Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord more than any of the other kings before him. And so as the king was evil, so would go the country. So the nation of Israel would fall off, and they would fall off to worshiping false gods. First uh, Kings 16.33 said that, that, uh, that he had set up actually a, a, an Asherah pole, which was a, a false god, if you will. He, he worshipped the gods of, of Baal, and so he, he encouraged people with the false prophets that were worshipping Baal. And, and he did more, the scripture says, that he did more to provoke the anger of the Lord than any other king of Israel before him. 
He provoked the anger of the Lord. So like he took a whole bunch of people and led them astray and said, hey, listen, yeah, we're God's people, but, you know, here's Baal. You can follow him too. And here's, here's this Asher pole. And what he did was he let the things of the, the, the world around infiltrate them. And they began, to, they began to just believe just a mismatch of everything, if you will. And God said, I am not going to tolerate that. As a matter of fact, God raised up this king, uh, this prophet Elijah, and Elijah had to tell the people that it wasn't going to rain. Check this out here, 1 Kings 17.1. And Elijah, the, uh, the, the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilad, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain for these years except at my word. So it says, listen, there will not be any dew. It's, it's going to dry up, and it's going to be for a number of years, and it's not going to change until I come back and give the word. And then, so imagine going before the king and saying something like that. And then God says, okay, Elijah, I'm going to go out here, and I'm going to protect you. And he sent him out to a remote place by a little brook where there was some water flowing down the brook. And the scripture even says that soon that brook dried up because there was no more rain. And, and if you go through the chapter 17, you see how that God cared for him and, and God kept making provision for him. And then uh, three years later, actually it's three and a half years later, you jump over to 1 Kings 18, verse 1. And it's now time that God says, okay, I'm going to turn the rain back on. Now, we, we don't understand that because we live in Pittsburgh. It'd be interesting if it went three weeks without rain, you know, yellow three years without rain. Like, this is the cloudiest city in America, and we get to call it home. Amen? So, um, how come you're not amening? What's wrong with you guys? Okay. Uh, 1 Kings 18.1, he says this, after three years. So, remember, they, they were used to this. They understood the rain. And, and whenever the prophet of the Lord came out, uh, listen, that's how you knew that something was true. The prophet would come out, and if it, it came true, like many prophets would prophesy, but nothing came true. He prophesied, and it came true. And he says, listen, it's not going to rain for three years. And he says, and it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And the third year, so three years later, he says, go present, to your, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send the rain on the earth. He says, I want you to go to him and I want you to tell him that the rain is coming and, 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 and that it's time to be prepared. So God was working. Like it was a drought. It was a terrible season in the time of the, uh, for Israel. They were far from God. God shuts the water off and the people are tr- God wants to get their attention. But what happens in the meantime is that they became such followers of Baal. Like they, they put Baal up with God. It wasn't like they just got rid of God. They said, okay, God and Baal and you know what? You can't do that. God says, I'm the only God. I am the one true God. And so all of a sudden, Elijah comes back and he says, he comes and tells the king what's going to happen. He says, but let me just gather together everybody. And he pulls them all together. And I'm going to walk you through the narrative of this story here, okay? We're going to begin in verse 20, 1 Kings 18, verse 20. So Ahab sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And we'll just keep continuing. Follow me here, all right? And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is, then follow him. And I think that's a very interesting thing here. Because the the prophet of the Lord says, Listen, you have been playing around with God. You have God on one hand, and then you have Baal on the other hand. And if he's God, 
you better follow God. If Baal's God, you better follow Baal. You better pick, choose this day the one that you're going to follow. But the people answered not a word. It was silent. And, and so it just, it just went, it went total quiet there. And so Elijah says to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. So he says, listen, there's me versus the 450 prophets of the false god Baal. And so there's going to be a duel here. The next verse, therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood. Put no fire under it. Continues on. He says, I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood. Put no fire under it. So he says, listen, we're going to do something here. And we're going to give two bulls. They get to pick the bulls. And as a matter of fact, they get to pick the bull that they're going to sacrifice. And I'll pick the bull that uh, they'll give me the bull that I will sacrifice. So he's saying, look, I'm not going to play any tricks. It's kind of interesting because... I've read this before, and I didn't catch it, that he was saying, look, there's no way anybody can say this wasn't from God. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. They said, yeah, let's do this. All right, so there's God versus Baal. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one bull for yourselves and prepare it first. For you are many, and call on the name of your God. Put no fire under it. So he says, listen, you're going you're to make your sacrifice, and you're not going to put, there's a lot of you prophets out there, and there's one of me. So you guys go ahead and do it, but you don't put any fire under it, okay? So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. So they started early, and they just kept praying. Look, look how they prayed. They said, oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they, that they had made. So they were kind of dancing around the altar and just, just trying to strum this thing up. And they're crying out to Baal, Oh, Baal, hear us. But no one is there. I, I love how the, the Scripture tells us that no one answered. No one. There was no one there. And so it was at noon. Elijah mocked them. <laughs> I love this. Like, this is so cool, guys. The prophet, now, he, he's, he knows that his faith is in God, and he knows that these, these other people are worshiping something false. He's, he cries aloud. He says, he, says, uh, he says, go ahead, you guys cry aloud for Baal is God, isn't he? Maybe he's meditating or he's busy. And I was thinking about that. I was like, you know what? Our God is never too busy to talk to us, right? And then I started doing research a little bit on this phrase, meditate and busy. And I, I found out in Hebrew, it's actually this phrase that means this. It means maybe he's too busy doing his business. He's in the bathroom. Literally, that's the, the idea behind the, the Hebrew word. And so can you imagine this prophet of God saying, yeah, you keep crying out loud. Maybe your God's in the bathroom. And I'm like... Holy cow, I know, like the things you miss in translation, you know? I'm like, if I would have saw that when I was a teenager, I would have been like my favorite verse in the whole Bible, right? So uh, either he's meditating or he's just off in the bathroom or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and he must be awakened. Wow. You know, our God never is too busy for you. 
He'll never turn you away. Those emergency prayers. You ever prayed emergency prayer? Peter did. He was walking on the water. He said, Lord, save me. Um, I pray emergency prayers all the time. I have all kind of prayers that I pray. I have my, my daily prayer time, and then I have those emergency prayers that are all day long. Lord, I don't know what I got myself into. Lord, you've you got to help me with this. Lord, I am. And so God is never too busy. But isn't it interesting how, how, he, how he contrasts? He says, okay, you choose who you're going to serve. Continues on. So they cried aloud, the prophets of Baal. They kept crying out loud, and they cut themselves. And as was their custom with knives and lances, they kept cutting until the blood gushed out of them. So they, 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 it was like, we're going to show ourselves pain before, God, before their God, Baal, and, and nothing happens. Look. And when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. So they took the whole day, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And so interesting, he says, I want, you, I want you to see, I want you to know, I'm not pulling any tricks here. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. So what he did was he took the altar, and the next verse says he took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of Israel. So God had called them according to 12 tribes. The nation of Israel was made up of these 12 tribes, and there was one stone for each representation of the people of God. He took the 12, uh, 12 stones and, uh, and, and to whom the word of the Lord had come, and he said, Israel shall be your name to the Lord. Okay. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench around the altar large enough for two seas of seed. So he made this huge trench that was, just, that was deep. And like he was going to do something pretty wild here. Look here. And he put the word in order, cut the bowl into pieces, and lay it on the wood, and he said, Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the wood. So he says, Look, we're going to put the sacrifice up. I want you to imagine this bonfire that you're building, right? You've got this bonfire, and so the, the prophets of Baal, they had their little bonfire ready to go, and they danced and they prayed all day. And Elijah, who's been in hiding for three years, that God's been protecting, which, by the way, that's a whole nother message there. Like, sometimes God takes us through the desert for years. Like, he was out three years eating and drinking the things that God gave him in a desert. That's, like, we can stop there. That, that may be another series one day. But today, I want you to catch this. He comes and he says, fill up the water pots and, and pour it and throw it all over. Like, just douse this bonfire down so that they know that I didn't put anything magical inside. I didn't put any, no trickery. I didn't put any ignition fluid. And everybody saw this, and it was covered with water. So he says, do it a second time, and they did it a second time. He says, do it a third time, and they did it a third time. So each time, now, now you have four, four times they put water all over it. Uh, three times they put water all over it, four, four, four uh, containers of water, and they cover it. And I want you to catch this because in the Bible, sometimes you'll see numbers. Numbers are always important. I, I always pay attention when I see, okay, this was three times. I want you to know, like, Jesus was in the tomb for three days, and then he rose again, right? Hmm. Check this out. Three times. So the water was around the altar, and he filled the trench with water. So it was, it was soaking wet. 
um, verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God. Lord, I want the people to know that you are God. Let it be known that you are God. Um, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. So he says, I don't want these people to think this was me. You know, many times you'll see people try to take credit for God's work. God, God's not into that. God doesn't need me. God, God says, I'm going to work. So the prophet Elijah, he's coming and says, Lord, I want you to be glorified. I want them to see that this, you, this is you, and I want to see that this is from your hand. And so he continues to pray. And this is the prayer here. Lord, hear me. Hear me. Oh, Lord, hear me. That this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you. So God was doing something and he was changing people's hearts. And I tell you, I have missed this for years. Man, whenever I was in Sunday school and they would tell me this and they'd put that flannel graph up, man, my eyes would be like, wow. God called fire down like Elijah called fire down. But this was the kicker. Look at that verse there. He says, you have turned their hearts to you. Folks, this was the greatest miracle in this passage right here, that God was turning hearts toward him. Oh, the fire gets our attention. And the fire's fun. I love the fire. But God says, listen, I'm way bigger than fire. You think that this little thing, I'll do this, but let me tell you, I can save your soul. I can give you a home in heaven. And I want your heart. So verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. So fire comes down from heaven, consumes the sacrifice. And the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. And could you just imagine, like, all these people are standing around. This is the duel between God and Baal. And God wins. And, and the people are like, yeah, it's a big day. Because remember, when he said, pick who you're going to serve, they were all silent. They didn't even repent at that point. They were just silent. And they're saying, okay, okay. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And so today, if you're taking notes, I want to give you a few thoughts on this. Number one, a powerful prayer. I want to give you the powerful prayer. And this is how you pray with power. Oh, Lord, hear me. Say it with me. Oh, Lord, hear me. That's what God's called us to do. We, we are calling on the name of the Lord and the powerful prayer. And so as you think about this and, and you're reminded of, uh, of what God is doing here, come before the Lord and realize that this is your powerful prayer. Oh, Lord, hear me. And I love how he prayed, Lord, may you be exalted. May these people see that this was you. May these people see that this was not me, that, that, that I'm just your servant. Oh, Lord, hear me. And then I want to I share with you this thought, too, that the result of powerful prayer is this. What is the result of powerful prayer? The result of powerful prayer is when the people say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Now, think about that with me today. Because in your life, God is working, and I don't know how God is working in your life. 
You're to come and you're to pray. You're to seek the Lord. But you know what? I often wonder, what if fire didn't come down that day? What would have happened? Uh, God would have d- d- continued his work. God, has, God will work how he chooses to work. In that moment, he chose to bring the fire down from heaven. And we get all excited about that. But I'll tell you what, God can do anything to turn our hearts towards him. Amen? God can choose anything. And so it may not be the, the, the answer that you're looking for. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says wait. And sometimes he says I have other plans. And I want you to catch this because as we align our hearts to God, the, 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 what I want in my life, I'm only going to be here so long. I want after I'm gone for the world to say, you know what? The Lord is God because there's that little guy that came from down Pittsburgh. Man, I'll tell you what. I was with somebody yesterday and they were reminiscing of some of the older days, man. They remember when I was a, a young youth pastor in the church. And I couldn't believe it. This person said, <laughs> it was so funny. They said, you know what we remember about you? You didn't know how to dress. And it was fun. We were having a lot of fun. Um, and I said, well, you can thank that lady over there, my wife. I pointed at my wife. I said, you can thank that lady over there. I said, I'm not allowed to go out of the house till she checks. Like, I didn't know how to match nothing, right? And, and so, listen, those are fun memories, and we're going to have all that. But I'll tell you what, I want people to remember me that he trusted God and that God was his Savior. And he saw God do great things in his life. And it wasn't always what he wanted. It wasn't always what he thought. But he saw God do great things in his life. And I, I want that for you today. Uh, let, let that be the powerful prayer in your, in your life. You know, prayer helps us to join God where he is working. You know, when we come to God in prayer and you ask him to help you with something, prayer helps us to join God. And that's the next point in your notes. Prayer helps us to join God where he is working. You know, God is working all over the place. And and listen, I don't know how God is choosing to work, but God is working. And and I want to show you, as the passage continues on here, the the rain, you know, we've got the rain going to come back. But God chose to get everybody's attention first. Uh, Look here at 1 Kings 18.41. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for, for there's the sound of heavy rain. Hmm. Kind of interesting. Go eat and drink, for there's the sound of heavy rain. Yeah, you know what? God had told him that it was going to rain again. And so when Elijah went out there, he wasn't mustering up some emotion. He had the promise of God that was going to rain again. As a matter of fact, if you go over to Deuteronomy 11:13, this is what it says in Deuteronomy 11:13. It says, "If you carefully obey the commands I'm giving you today." Now, now Elijah had this, and he knew this. If you love the Lord your God and serve him with all of your heart and soul, continuing on, then he will send the rains in their proper season, the early and the late rains, so that you can bring in your harvest of grain, new wine, and olive oil. He says, listen, if you follow the Lord, if you love the Lord, he's going to to take care of you. And then just a few verses down in Deuteronomy, he continues on here. He says, but be careful. Do not let your heart be deceived so that you turn away from the Lord and serve and worship other gods. For if you do, the Lord says, anger, the Lord's anger will burn against you. He will shut up the sky and hold back the rain and the ground will fail to produce its harvest. Kind of interesting. See, when Elijah was praying, you know what he was praying? He was praying the word of the Lord. 
He was praying God's word back. He said, God, now I want you to catch this because the rain's going to come. So Elijah says, and, and uh, this is so powerful here because Elijah says to King Ahab, okay, you've seen the miracle now. You can go ahead and eat. But look what Ahab does. So Ahab, verse 18, 1 Kings 18:42. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Ahab was eating. Elijah was fasting. Did you catch that? Ahab goes to eat. Elijah goes to pray. And I want to encourage you on your prayer and fasting journey that you're on with us. Let's be the people that just quietly go off to pray. Everybody else is eating, and you're taking a moment with God, and you're skipping a meal, and you're meeting with God. And I love what it says here. It says that he bowed down, he got down low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. I'm not even going to try it. Some of you are thanking God, because you know I'd still be there for the second service, right? He gets down on his knees, his face is down. You know what he's doing? He's praying fervently. He's praying earnestly. He's praying with his heart and soul. It's not a little quick, Lord, thank you for this meal. This was like, God, your name's on the line, God. God, I just saw you bring fire down from heaven. And, oh, God, you told me to go to the king now. Oh, God, you've got to make it rain. And it's interesting that he told Ahab, he says, I hear the rain. You know what? Nobody else heard the rain. In faith, he could see what God was doing that nobody else could see. As a matter of fact, look what he tells his servant. He tells his servant here in the next verse. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Now, I'll tell you what, this is the point where you and I, we go, I didn't see anything, but God, and we quit praying. You know what Elijah did? Elijah kept his face down and his head down between his knees, and he prayed. And he said, oh, God, please, God, please, God, you said, God, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave here. I'm going to keep praying, and I'm praying with all my heart and soul because I know your promises, and I'm praying for you, and God, you've got to bring this rain. So he stays there, and look what, what happens the next verse. Seven times Elijah told him to go out and look. See that number again? Seven. God's number of completion, seven. Seven times, Elijah says. You know, could you imagine, uh, Elijah, you just sent us, and I don't see any clouds. Go back again. Elijah, that's number four. I'm telling you, rain's coming. I'm not leaving meeting with God. Just let me know when you see the clouds. And on the seventh time, finally the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Did you ever look out at the sky and, yeah, I can cover that with my hand. And the servant come back and the servant wasn't like jumping up and down. The servant says, yeah, I see a little cloud out there. I haven't seen him in a while and I can cover it with, with a man's hand. Continues on here. And Elijah shouted, hurry, 
Go to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariots and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. So he says, keep going because the rain is coming. And then the Lord, as soon as the sky was black with clouds and a heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm, Ahab left quickly. I want you to catch this because God was doing his work. Elijah was a man that was mentioned in the Old Testament. He's also mentioned in the New Testament. If you go to James chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In other words, he was human. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. But it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. So three and a half years it did not rain. And as I look at that word, prayed earnestly, I found out something. And this is something you can put in your notes. Because that word prayed earnestly, some translations you pray fervently. But in the Hebrew, I'm sorry, in the Greek, the original writing of the New Testament, here's what it says. But Elijah prayed, prayed. The the only way that we can translate that is with passion, Fervent. He gave his heart and soul. He gave everything. He prayed. The scripture says in the original that he prayed with prayer. He prayed, prayed. And I want to encourage you. When was the last time that you prayed, prayed? When was the last time? As maybe, maybe God's just starting this journey in your life here on the 21 days. I want to encourage you to go home and pray, pray. Like, man, maybe you're on round number three. You're saying, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing. I'm walking the journey with many people in our church right now, and God's doing some powerful things in people's lives. Somebody just yesterday we were praying with, and God provided a job for them just yesterday. Others I'm watching God walk through a health crises and financial crisis and emotional crisis and family relationship problems. And may I tell you, listen, don't give up on God. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Elijah prayed, prayed, and it stopped. And then look at the next verse in James there. And he prayed again, and then the heaven gave rain. He prayed, prayed. He prayed, prayed. And I want to ask you, what's your prayer life like? Will you be the person who prayed, prayed? Will you be the person who says, I pray with prayer? Like, I'm, this is my life. I've given, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm learning something next week. I, I'm really excited about some of the thoughts we're going to share about this next week. We're going to share a few answers to prayer. We're going to celebrate our great God. He's wonderful. He's just. He's, he's worthy to be praised. But God says, I want you to come. And, and there's something special about when you come and you meet with God. And God says, okay, Ken, I know you came yesterday and the day before. And that's what I desire. I want you to come every day. You know, God, God just loves to do that. God wants you to come and depend on him because he's God. And at the end of the day, no matter what happens, his will will be done. And God says, I want you to come with me while I'm working in your life. And I will not depart from you. I will be your God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And no matter how hard life gets, no matter the problems that you face, you can talk to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he'll be with you every step of the way. Amen? Let's pray. God, I come before you and I thank you for your people, Lord. I thank you for the example in the Scripture of men who were passionate, fervently prayed. Like fervent, like that, that meant that they skipped meals and 
And they, they got alone with you, and, and, and there was nothing that mattered more than you. God, I pray that you will make us a church of prayer. God, this isn't just a 21 days to start a new year thought. God, this is let's transform our lives. God, I thank you for the people that have given us feedback already that their lives have been transformed by meeting with you every day. God, I pray that you'll continue this work in our church, continue this work in our lives. But, but this morning, as with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to invite you to Jesus. If, if you've not yet opened your heart to trust him, that's where it all starts. Your very first prayer today is, Lord, save me. And I want to I encourage you. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He came back to life again for you. And he says, if you will just trust him. Place your faith in Jesus Christ that he died on the cross. He paid for your sin and he rose again. If that's you this morning, I want to invite you to pray something like this. Dear God. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Lord, save me. Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. I invite you into my heart and soul. Thank you. Thank you for eternal life. And for others in this room today, I'm going to ask you to make that commitment. Uh, I'm going to ask you to start a journey. You, just start with 21 minutes. Just just start there. Maybe for you, you've got to start with with two minutes. J- just start. Just just make it a, an appointment with God every day. And watch how he will transform you. And, and you will no longer be tossed and turned by the world around us, by the problems that arise, by the, by the turmoil that we must face. But we know that God will be with us as we face whatever may come in your life. God is with you. Father God, thanks. Thank you for this family. Thank you for our growing family up here. How people are coming to know you in a powerful way, Lord. Be honored and adored. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. If you haven't signed up for the text, go ahead and sign up for the text there, and we will continue our journey. The uh, books are out in the foyer. There's also a table off to the left with uh, Bibles. You can take a free Bible. There's Bible reading programs to help you in the new year. God bless you, and have a great day.